1: Welcome back to the Dynasty Happy Hour. I am your host Doug Eddy here with my co-host Tyler Gunther, two man box first time in a long time here on DHH, where it's just the two of us. Yeah, we last can do time this podcast if we try. Last
0: time it was an actual, legit two man box was when it first started it was with me and Chris Whitman, and now here we are. It's me and Doug Eddy. Just two of us. We're gonna roll the rest of the year, see how it goes. But I think I think it's gonna be a good thing.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it whatsoever. I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be good. I'm used to the old two man box when I did the uh, Trophy Time podcast for you OGs that remember that one with my brother in law Josh Trotta. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and I do enjoy, I I like a three man box, but a two man box is uh, is good too. So I am here for it. It'll be a lot of fun. We've been podcasting long enough. We talk all the time. On the internets and whatnot. We're in leagues together, so lots of fun info to share. And uh we have differentiating opinions on players, which is always the best part. We don't just always agree with each other. I mean, sometimes we do for sure, but uh, we value players differently and have a different approach to dynasty, um, which I think is makes for good in, in an entertaining listen and an informative listen. Um, because we can both make cases on each side typically, unless Tyler's completely wrong, which is which happens. <laughs>
0: It happens a lot, and you know <laughs> we both you know, get it wrong. So I want to start off the podcast. Uh, I'm putting the carpet for the horse. Here we go. Um,
1: it's the have horse you have, seen, no, have you seen have
0: you seen any of this Drake May hate from every single so, damn person in the world?
1: Not, not every single person, because Tim Hasselbeck loves Drake May. He said he is a like a top five quarterback in the last five years for him. But if you listen to X, ex, another ex NFL quarterback, Kirk Benkert, who did nothing, um, he thinks Drake May is a juiced up Mason Rudolph. Yeah, which is like I saw that. Yikes! Uh, yeah. I think I'm gonna go with Tim Hasselbeck here because Tim Hasselbeck was. Uh, they've been talking about it here on local sports radio that Tim Hasselbeck called Mac Jones. That Mac Jones was like, you know, he's at Alabama. He's got weapons all around him, but he's just not. He didn't think he was all that great, and. Come to find out, Mac Jones isn't all that great. Um, so, so I think I'm going to lean Tim House back. I think Drake May is a lesser version of Justin Herbert, and that's not a bad thing.
0: But this is, it's the same thing that's happening. Herbert, during the combine and everything, everybody's like, ah, he's not a first-round pick. He doesn't know how to read the field. He, he, you know, is, All he wants to do is throw a deep. It's literally Everything that Drake May is going through, and they are the exact same quarterback when it comes to stylistic wise. I love Drake May. I think I have him above Jane Daniels. Jane Daniels, for fantasy, on the other hand, oh, yeah, might tough, yeah. might be ahead ahead of him. But the thing with Jane Daniels is, I mean, his forearms are as big as my wrist. He's a tiny, tiny dude. And yeah.
1: um, I mean, Lamar's not a big guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jane Daniels is two oh four at six four. We're talking thin. And uh, Drake May has all the tools, and he is my my love child this draft. And Just Doug, like you you, loved Herbert. I I love I loved loved Herbert and
1: Jordan Love. You love Jordan Love too. Yes, so.
0: and I absolutely love. I, I I've actually really liked, um, I really liked them for for a long time. But just with everybody hating on him now, it just is making think, it so I much more. I think
1: a lot of the hate is a lot like when we saw people crapping on USC receivers because they're like they would see a USC oh, receiver yeah. and they'd be like, "Oh no, he's no good." Mike then,
0: Williams didn't work.
1: Well, then of course they like they've turned that corner now with like USC receivers. There's no problem with those guys, but I think it's the same thing because people see like, "Oh, Mitch Trubisky went there. Oh, Sam Howell went there." Like, Drake Mays, he's going to follow the path. I actually don't think Sam Howell is that bad. There's actually been a lot of trade rumors about Sam Howell this week that teams are inquiring about him, and, and Washington might be looking to get a third-round pick back, which for them would yeah. be ROL. trading up two rounds, more or less. And for whatever team gets him, maybe he's the bridge guy, but he's on a rookie, a fifth-round rookie deal, which is nothing. So a team like the Patriots, who Sam Howell played well against, by the way, um, you know, Sam Howell going to the Pats, maybe they... Choose the cheap quarterback route. They draft Marvin Harrison at three, or they trade down. I don't. I, I'm I'm fascinated with what the Patriots are going to do. I think they are trade down. I don't want them to.
0: I mean, think think they about might this. Need you, yeah, think about this. They need a lot. They need a, yeah, they a lot. And Chicago two years ago needed a lot, and yeah, Chicago fell into you know, kind of being like, hey, Carolina, trade up. They did. Carolina sucks. Yeah, they did. And so Chicago lucked into that, but if the Patriots trade back and the team that they trade back with, you know, ends up top top ten again, this quarterback class is legit to the point where uh, even Ian Rapoport has, has said teams are going to have to give three first round picks that are in the top ten already. It's like,
1: a, like it's like a Trey Lance deal.
0: Atlanta would have to trade probably two first plus a second. Plus some maybe some other player. stuff, so like I think that's the destination. I think they're going to go to eight. I think uh, Patriots will go to eight. Atlanta trades up to three. Atlanta takes Drake May. Hopefully, that'd be a, a dream scenario. Yeah. I'd I'd cry. Maybe, possibly. Of course, I would. Yes. Yes. Um, would. Yeah. So I, I think I think personally they're trading, but uh, are are we locked in that the top three picks are quarterbacks?
1: No. I mean, they probably will be though. Arizona's
0: prime because Malik Neighbors and Marv are literally neck and neck for wide receiver one. So if Marv goes at three to Patriots, Arizona's not blinking an eye. They're just like, okay, we'll go Neighbors. Like, (laughs) oh shucks, oh shucks.
1: No, you're probably right about that. But anywho, we did put the cart in front of the horse a little bit there, and that's okay. We can talk tight. We can go. We can go off the rails. It's fine. We are here to talk the tight end dynasty landscape. My favorite position. I, uh, you know, I've had a lot of success with tight ends over the years, um, touting them on this show. Sam, Laborde, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a, t- I'm a tight end guy. I don't know what it is. It, it seems to be my niche that I can sniff them out and uh, find the good ones, which is always a good thing. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, how the landscape is changing at the tight end position, because it is, um, if you look at some of the ADP information, it is beautiful. And I'll give you my, I'll give you my overview on that here shortly. But yeah, did, we're starting to see some of the, um, you know, the combine is this week, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to it, even though, you know, Marv's not going to test. Caleb's not throwing. Jane Daniels isn't throwing. There's still a lot of depth in a lot of guys that I'm excited to see, uh, because I think especially I think there's like almost 40 receivers at the combine this year. So there's a lot. So there's going to be some guys that are going to get on people's maps that, you know, maybe it's uh, Malachi Corley or, uh you know, who, Troy who Franklin
0: runs a four nine and there's going to be someone yeah. that
1: stands out. And I think the tight end group is going to be one Wilson. of them, too. Yeah, this is good. The tight end group, I think, is going to be one of them, too. We know Brock Bowers and uh, Jatavian Sanders are the top two guys. But I think there's there's going to be some prospects in that from three to six. I think there's going to be some guys that move into that range just based on how they test, because with tight end, it's it's the most proven formula in fantasy football is if a tight end is athletic, that's what you want to chase. That will get you there because if, if a tight end is athletic, the success rate is pretty darn high unless you're a Zach Koontz from the Jets. I mean, it was only his rookie year last year, but uh, we'll never know. But, I mean, that's what got me on to guys like George Kittle, Sam Laporta uh, in the past. You know, guys that yeah, uh, Dawson Knox is another one, which you may laugh now, but he has had some tight end one seasons. Yeah, like
0: um, nine touchdowns his year, too.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... I love Dawson Knox because of the athleticism. These guys didn't do a lot in college. Kittle, Knox, and uh, Laporta, you know, they didn't have these crazy numbers because of the offenses that they were in. And we're going to find guys like that again this year. So it's something to keep your eye out for, um, especially at the tight end position. And I'm excited for this running back group, too. I know there's no elite Bijons or Jameer Gibbs, but I think there's a lot of guys that can go between like round three and five that I'm going to be interested in because we just know the running back landscape is different than it has been in the past. Running backs aren't going to go in the first round this year. The first running back might not be until pick 50s.
0: You want to know? So, early look. I, I haven't done too much tape, but yeah. I really like Brandon Allen. And you know what it you know, is? Braylon Allen? Bray, Braylon Allen. Yeah. Uh, I do too. He's, like,
1: he's young. He's Yeah, he's
0: young. He just turned 20. So just
1: today, there was a report that Green Bay is looking to add a bigger back to go with Aaron Jones. Perfect.
0: Keep him in state.
1: Keep (laughs) him in state. We know A.J. Dillon, that experiment didn't work. They're not going to bring him back. But that would be a perfect compliment to Aaron Jones to draft him in the... He's huge. The Packers don't... They, the Packers can invest in defense and maybe they draft a running back in the second or third round. Like, they don't need receivers. Yeah. They don't need tight ends. Like, they don't need a quarterback. They, they I, have luxury to go after other positions.
0: I think there's a chance that we see zero running backs until late second, maybe even early third. But I, I then...
1: Say top, I'd say fi- pick 55... 60, I but think then the once one month.
0: goes, then you're gonna see people trading up, taking them, and moving up for these guys like uh, the Blake Corum and uh, who who honestly is my RB one B probably. Okay. I, I love I love his running style, but yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, I'm finally digging into the draft class. I had a kind of a lull this year, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure uh, if I if I was gonna feel it, but man starting to listen to podcasts and starting to watch a little more tape myself starting to get the, get get the feels again. But what I I'm going to do, what I did last year is
1: Tyler froze. So I don't know what he did last year, but that's okay. But yeah, the, the depth at these positions is pretty, pretty good, especially in your rookie drafts. Like I know one thing that I've, I'm glad I have multiple second round picks in a lot of leagues because it looks like there's going to be a lot of value in that second round, which is great because of the depth at wide receiver, the depth at quarterback, um, you're going to be able to kind of restock your running back room. If you had a couple of mid seconds, you're going to be able to get the running back two, three, four off the board um here, which is, which is nice. I have some teams where I'm in that situation. I'm good at other positions. I have a couple of second round picks like, okay, I can invest in maybe a, if Trey Benson has a good landing spot or, uh, you know, Jonathan Brooks, guys like that. Um, So that's why I like this draft class. And, you know, even third round picks, I think, are going to be nice and valuable this year. It's a, it's a good, it's a fun little class um, with good depth at a lot of positions. So, yeah. So, anyway, the Combine, so, you know, we're already starting to see reports of coaches talking. Here's what I will tell you. You're going to see on Twitter the World blurbs of, like, blah, 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 this player. Rashad Bateman's going to get more targets. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, here's what I would say. Take it with a grain of salt. Probably 10% of it is true. There's no way that John Harbaugh right now is going to say, oh, we're going to get Rashad Bateman more targets in September in February. Like, we don't know if they draft another receiver. They very well could. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't put any weight into any of that stuff. The stuff that I put weight into and what I've adjusted over the years is the stuff like last year. So if there's a report that comes out that says, Jaden Daniels talked to the commanders and wanted them to draft this, this wide receiver, yeah. I'm going to put weight into that because that's what got me onto tank Dell. Like as soon as I heard like, Oh, CJ Stroud was advocating like draft this guy. I want this guy. Okay. Like I will definitely, that's, that's like a, it's actions versus words, right? There's actions there. Like their, their new franchise quarterback is like, Oh, I want you to draft this player. I want him on my team. We're close. That's all I needed to know for me to invest in tank Dell. And you know, he ended up going up in the late second, early third. And I got him in a few leagues there because I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow that kind of verbiage, not the verbiage of Rashad Babin getting more targets six or seven months from now.
0: So I, I was listening to a podcast today and I heard somebody say like, uh, Harbaugh wants to go get JJ McCarthy. And, and and that's like one of those eye roll situations. You're going to have a lot of those like during this time. Um, I also heard that the commanders are run like a basketball team because they have a lot of basketball people there. Yeah. Um, I would not be shocked if a big name receiver Victor wide big, receiver, a big big name receiver goes to the Commanders with Jane Daniels. I would not be shocked if say uh a T Higgins gets traded for or mm-hmm. they trade for like an AJ Brown, disgruntled guy, same same conference. Yeah. Like yeah, they um, they to me, it just seems like Magic Johnson's like, hey, let's go big. Let's get our big three, just like the Heat, and we go win titles.
1: <laughs> if it only works so easily.
0: Yeah, football, right. Yeah, you need a little way. more than that, buddy.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see with that front office uh, and see how that works. Um, you know, Eric Bienemy only lasted one year there. Now he's in college, which is wild to me. Also, um,
0: Ben Ben Johnson's the one that said they run like a basketball team, and he might have left that place like that. Little, a little bitter.
1: Yeah. So I mean it's it's definitely an interesting I don't know how you can apply a team of twelve players to a team of fifty three and see how it works. I mean you can have a you can have a great quarterback, like, but you need more than that, like in this league. And you, yeah. you you gotta play defense too. And it's not like it's not like you have Michael Jordan who's elite at offense and elite at defense. He's one guy. Like they don't have there's no two way players in the NFL anymore. So um yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. If it blows up in their face, or if it actually like maybe they're onto something, but no idea. But it's Washington, and uh, yeah, they've got a history of things blowing up in their face. So Dan Snyder, hello.
0: <laughs> I think I think Daniels is the pick for Commanders if they can't trade up to get to take uh, Caleb.
1: Caleb, yeah. I, I mean, well, there, now there's a lot of rumors that the Bears are might move number one. Yeah. And, I mean, if they get a huge return like they did again, I get it. And they don't trade fields. I, Maybe they I'm, kick the can down the road another year. Yeah.
0: I I honestly hear that uh, it would take, like, Pat Sertain from the Broncos, their first this year, next year, and the year after. So we're talking an all-star corner and three first. Oof. And I know that's a lot, but in order think- to get your quarterback –
1: I mean, is it Denver worth it? is Denver. I mean, they gave up a lot to get Sean Payton. They gave up a lot to get Russell Wilson. And the reports this week from that relationship—holy smokes! Russell Wilson was on—I don't know what podcast he was on—but just listening to him talk about like Sean Pay- Payton reaming him a new butthole on the sideline, and Russell Wilson not pushing back so they wouldn't hit him with a conduct detriment to the team, which could void his contract—is scary. Like, well,
0: that's Russ for you.
1: Well. <laughs> I know that's Russ, but at the same time, like, can you imagine be like, Yeah, I'm just gonna take it and I'm just gonna take the higher road? Because he knows if he if he mouthed off, like they could be like, Nope, contract detrimental and we're out of your contract. Like that's a
0: Oh, Peyton Peyton and everybody in that organization is behind it. Like they probably talked oh. to Peyton, they're like, Hey, get under a skin. You know what? Russ doesn't have skin do to get under. You don't know alien, why? I think. I yes. think he's a lizard. I- so you know that alien that had that tiny alien in men in black that's like in the guy's head? That's what Russ is. And there's just somebody in there controlling. and I'm like, oh, nope, nope. He's a, he's a lizard me.
1: person, like in They Live. Classic yes. Roddy Roddy Piper film, uh, by the <laughs> way. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's uh, extremely relevant in today's society.
0: I'm guessing it is. Yeah, it
1: very <laughs> much is. It's crazy. Um, a lot of things they made you know, 30, 40 years ago, and you're like, oh, this is really applicable today. Yikes. Yeah. Um, who was looking in the crystal ball when they wrote this? Anywho, I am ready to talk some tight end talk what about you Tyler
0: I'm ready let's talk tight ends
1: I'm gonna give you my so I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard but I did have a conversation with my brother-in-law before the draft last year or maybe not around this time but maybe in March and after the it was definitely after the combine and I said yeah I said Sam Laporte is a guy that I'm gonna target I really believe in him I ended up trading up in multiple drafts to get him
0: you almost had him full I remember that because James Cook was my one player away from having full roster ship. And I remember you told me you were like two away from Laporta. And that was that was like early, like late May, early June.
1: Yep. So and I was talking to him and he's like, you know, Doug, he's like tight ends in their rookie year. They don't hit. And I said, this class has the chance to be different. I said, I really believe in Laporta. I like Michael Mayer. I like Musgrave. I, I really like Kincaid. Um, you know, Kincaid ended up being the most spendy of all of them. He was a yeah, you know a late first rounder, mid to late actually. He was like one hundred seven to one ten typically. Um, so for me, it was sensing the currents of noticing that there's the tight end position is older. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, even Mark Andrews. You know, he's not ancient. He's in his late twenties. He's not over yeah, twenty nine. Like but we're seeing like these older guys. This to me, this last year's class was a transitional class at the position. Thank and then and then knowing that we have Brock Bowers in this class, who's been, you know, the all world prospect for years at Georgia coming into this class. I, I kind of went with the, the currents and I was like, you know what? I think this is the year where we start to see the tight end um, landscape change. And sure as hell. It has. Uh, <laughs> Sam Laporta finished as the tight end one on the season, which even shocked me. I didn't expect that. Um, now he's the tight end one in Dynasty Startups. He's going, I think, 29th overall. Yep. Um, and, and there's only room for improvement with Laporta, in my opinion. You know, for a, a rookie tight end to do what he did, you know, he set records with, you know, the touchdowns and, you know, receptions, not yardage. But uh, to me, there's even more of a ceiling for Laporta in the future, and then we saw guys like Dalton Kincaid really start to come on strong as the year went on and be more of a focus. Dawson Knox still on the field a lot, but not really contributing. Dalton Kincaid, especially look at the Bills' future. We don't know what's going on with Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis is a free agent. There could be even more targets for Dalton Kincaid in year two. We saw Luke Musgrave flash. We saw Tucker Craft, who replaced Musgrave after he had that freak injury. Yeah. He looked really good. We saw flashes from Michael Mayer in an offense where There's some aging veterans, Devontae Adams for one. You know, they've got Jacoby Myers as their two. So there's going to be targets there for Michael Mayer in year two. We just saw a lot of these tight ends really step up to the plate as rookies. And it's it's something that the position desperately needed, Tyler.
0: No, I completely agree. Um, Even like Trey McBride's uh, rise midway through the season. uh, Thank you. Doug, and everybody in this damn world, I thought about that. So I thought about that damn trade on the way to work one day, and I got so pissed off because it was two days before he broke out. I traded McBride. (laughs) Two damn days. You know what? We're explicit now, Doug, on iTunes. So we're going old school. Uh, I was fucking pissed.
1: (laughs) I mean, you did get Michael Mayer back, but... Looked oh, thank you. Mirror. Oh, looked
0: I. <laughs> mirror.
1: Uh, we did get Trey McBride. So, uh,
0: but yeah, his, his rise. And I think we all, uh, I've been a big Trey McBride guy and I, I really was hoping this was going to happen earlier, but thank goodness it happened. TJ Hawkinson coming out of nowhere, being tight end one and then getting hurt, which sucks. By the way, that Sam LaPorta injury in the playoffs or right before. Thank goodness. He did not tear every ligament in his knee because that looks bad. Game. Didn't miss a damn game. That's I so. that's Iowa strong. And for. then and then we got guys like Kyle Pitts who still has a ceiling. Doug, before we started, you were even like, hey, wasn't that his first year with like Matt Ryan? All they need is a quarterback that's competent. And, yes, this is a Sean McVay offense, and I would look at a J.J. McCarthy. I would look at a Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure they would go a Jane Daniels. I'm not even sure they would go Justin Fields just because of the fit. In this offense, they want somebody who can run this offense. Uh, I'm terrified. It's Bo Nix. I hope to God it's not Bo Nix. But right. yeah, uh, so Kyle Pitts could be wheels up. They're talking positive about him, and they just cut Janu Smith, which is a huge plus. Everybody he
1: catches for Janu last year, which is yes. wild
0: to me. So Kyle Pitts will have a better season. Um, yeah, like this is huge. David Njoku career year after. Yep. What six years of so much kind, kind of teeter tottering, yeah, back and forth. David Njoku, a lot of people say he's like a blue chip player now. The way he played last year is like this guy's legit. You know, I mean they paid him. The thing with so. Njoku, he always had these odd injuries, but then he. F- like, like burns,
1: like falling into a fire. Yes, not no. Yeah. I was
0: gonna say, like before, he would miss games for like these tiny, tiny injuries. He would get digged he, up. Yeah. He falls in a fire and he keeps playing throughout the year. And he wears like,
1: an army of two masks to the stadium. Oh and my god! Going back to back and popping shots off everywhere.
0: I was just like, okay, this guy's always injured. Oh, he's got a tweaked hamstring. He's out for like four games, and then he falls in fire and he's playing forever. So Nijoku, I think, is up there with the tight ends, and we're not even mentioning guys. Guys like Musgrave, Michael Mayer, who I think is going to break out. Like, this is the resurgence we needed. And you know what I was thinking as you're talking? We had Kelsey and Gronk for years, being right up there, one and two. Who who, yep. who are you going to take? One, two, Gronk, Kelsey. Who cares? They're both good. Laporta style, a lot like Gronk to me, the way he runs after the catch, and it's he's,
1: and and McBride is a lot like Kelsey.
0: I was going to say Kincaid is a lot like Kelsey the way he moves, but McBride.
1: Watching, watching McBride and the way that he played this year with some of the catches that he made, the attitude that he plays with, like the my I thought ball Kittle. Attitude.
0: There's there's Kittle for you right there.
1: Um, yeah, he's just not as explosive. I would say I would say he comps closer to Kelsey in play style. Um, you know, and and this is again, typically what we would see in dynasty fantasy football is tight ends would take a few years. Look, it took Cole Komet. He was the first tight end off the board a few years ago. It took him a while to break out. People still top, hate him, <laughs> and he's been a top ten tight end the last two years. Like, yeah. there's no reason to hate Cole Komet. He's very, very good. Um, but you know, we're not used to this year one. I mean, Kyle Pitts he broke out in year one, and then year two and three he broke down <laughs> because of the offense and yeah. his but, knee, and his knee. But uh, but we're not used to this, and that was that was my argument with Josh. Was like, look, I I think this year can be different. I just feel it. And um, you know, it's just one of those sixth sense kind of things when you, and I went in with a lot of conviction. Now it could have bit me in the ass. I could have Sam oh, yeah. it everywhere, and he wasn't good. And I had egg on my face, but it didn't. And I'm fortunate for that. Um, that I, you know, sometimes with players like you trusted your gut with Jordan Love and Justin Herbert, and James Cook, and uh, Dante Moncrief, and guys like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <gasps> You know what? Sometimes you trust your gut, and it works out well. Sometimes you trust your gut, and you draft Samaj P. Ryan over Alvin Kamara. It happens.
0: Hey, I took Alvin Kamara over P. Ryan. So, hey, that that's literally— At least one of us did. That's each end of the spectrum in Dynasty, and that's— mm-hmm. that's like I We were talking on Trade Addicts. There's a chat thing, and for Dynasty game night, they want us to fill out a survey— and when I did, one was like, what's your favorite part about Dynasty? And it's like taking chances on your guys, trading for your guys at their lowest point. And then watching, like my favorite thing is watching that value just go up and up and up. Like Jordan Love on Dynasty Nerds GM was at like a th- 1,800 maybe. He is now 8,000. That is literally eight times his value. Yeah, he
1: went I, from like QB 20-something to QB like top 12.
0: Yeah, he, he's like eight now. Yeah. He's, he's above Trevor Lawrence, and you'd be crazy for thinking that. Uh, yeah, yeah so it's it's fun. It's fun doing that. Like Herbert, taking Herbert you know, late and late, and then watching his value go up to a top three quarterback. Now he's falling apart because nobody wants to trust Jim Harbaugh in that offense. You know what, guys? He's still a stud quarterback, and Jim Harbaugh had stud fantasy quarterbacks uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I get you hate Greg Roman, but. I know there's one thing about Jim Harbaugh. He's going to have to compete in that division. They're going to have to score points in that division. So yep. I'm not I'm not scared of Herbert at all. And, yeah, speaking of a bye, Herbert seems like a good bye.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think it'll be interesting. We've seen a lot of mock drafts with um, the possibility of Brock Bowers going to the Chargers.
0: Even na- Neighbors.
1: I don't, I don't know that the Chargers would do that. I think they would either go Malik Neighbors or somewhere on the offensive line to help protect Herbert, even though they've got a pretty – they always seem like they have a really good offensive line on paper, but then they don't play well yeah. on the field. Yeah,
0: Pimpkin and Slate, and Slate. Was it Slater? Well, they, or?
1: Um. Yeah, Rashawn Slater, and they got the kid – Um. P-
0: Pimpkin? P- Pipkins? Pipkins. Is, Pip- wasn't
1: he in Lord of the Rings, Pipkins? P- Pip- oh, that was Pimp- Pippin
0: like the video game on Nintendo Switch, with Pick- the little Pickman? flower. Pikmin. I no, they got a good offensive line. They, I mean, I know tight, Lindsley's going to retire. It looks like. Yeah, t- tight end, they could definitely use. But we're sh- we're seeing that more teams could go back imagine to later on. They,
1: imagine if they go neighbors, and then they go like Jatavian Sanders in round two if he's there.
0: See, I'm not a bit on as big on Sanders, but we'll get into that as we get into rookies. I I think Fair it's enough. Brock Powers and. Trade for Musgrave if you can't find anybody else. (laughs) Like that's those are my options. There's tons of trade candidates, especially if you're in the early second and you're are mid second and you're looking at a tight end. You need Hmm. start start trading for these vets. Pat Fryermuth. I know everybody hates because Arthur Smith, but Arthur Smith. I don't
1: hate. I don't hate Fryermuth. It was just one of those. Again, it's one of those teams where like, what's what's the quarterback play gonna look like? Because him and Pickett. Had a little thing going on for a bit, and then Friermuth is an, is another one of these guys, like Njoku was in his younger career, is that he's he's dinged up a lot. We all know that Friermuth's got a history with concussions too. But when Friermuth's on the field, he typically produces pretty well. It was just it was a, definitely a a down year. I think Friermuth is a good buy in respect to that. He's still you know he's still really young. He's only 25 years old. He's coming up on a free agent contract, so he could move teams. Um, I got a couple questions for you though, Tyler. Yeah. When I'm looking at some of these top twelve tight ends, uh, the one guy that sticks out to me that I don't think should be a top twelve tight end according to DLF ADP in January. Um, hopefully, February will be out sometime soon. The one that kind of sticks out to me that I want nothing to do with is Dallas Goddard at yeah. tight end eleven. You're not,
0: you're not the only one. He's now He's the thing never is done it. you talk you talk to any NFL execs and everything they talk about is Dallas Goddard. one of the best. All around tight ends in the league, he's great at blocking. He sets up things, but it doesn't help us in fantasy. He, no. he, you know, you get a, you don't get points for that. Uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, hopefully, are there to stay. Um, so yeah, it, I've never been big on Goddard. He's always been one of those guys where you have him for three games and you could win a week, but after that, you're getting six, Nothing. six points yeah. maybe. Ugh. Yeah. I so would like, rather
1: have, I think Cole Komet should be in that spot. And, oh, tied, and he's currently tight end 14. I would actually put Cole Komet above Jake, above Ferguson. Jake Ferguson. I yeah. would put him at tight end 10 and feel, and feel pretty comfortable. You know what? I'm I This is a hot take for you. I would rather have – because th- the way that they have these, the ADP is not how I would have this order. Um, I would actually rather have a 24-year-old Cole Komet than a 30 – going on 31-year-old George Kittle.
0: Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I honestly I, – value-wise, I would trade – Kyle Pitts to get Cole Komet plus like that. That's where I'm at because yeah. I think Kyle Pitts holds the value, especially John who getting cut. Uh, I'd rather have Cole Komet. I mean, he's a Notre Dame tight end. Let's let's talk Michael yeah. Mayer. Michael Mayer, the biggest tight end by of, of all time right now.
1: Yeah, And I think the thing with Pitts too, is that if you're going to make a move like that, you wait and see what Atlanta does at quarterback, because if they draft a guy or trade for a guy, Kyle Pitts, value is only going to go up because they're going to do something at the quarterback position. Yeah. We just don't know what it is yet. But as soon as they get a new quarterback in there, Pitts will start to creep up again. And that's when you, ideally, if you want to be like, you know what, I want to pivot and tear down and go to commit plus, that's when you want to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Justin Fields goes there, Fields loves tight ends. If, say, Sam Howell gets traded there, Sam Howell absolutely loves tight ends. He loves the middle of the field. So, yeah, we're, we're talking almost any situation is great unless it's like a Ryan Tannehill, then get the fuck out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I think Ferguson at tight end 10 is a little surprising. I mean, he's young. He's only 25. He did have a great year with Dak in his first year as a starter. But to me, it's like Dallas can just plug in any of these guys and get them productive. I mean, Dalton Schultz yeah. wasn't anything until he broke out. Who was the guy? Um, Luke
0: Schoonmaker.
1: Mentioned? No, not him. It was um before uh, Schultz was there.
0: Schultz. Um, it was
1: another white tight end. Not. It was in between Witten and Schultz, I feel. There was oh a t- there was a tight end there and he had like a he had a good fantasy year and then he was like disappeared. I mean I'll never I, forget Rico gathers, but it's not him.
0: Uh it's not Hendershot.
1: No, it, he's he's not in the NFL anymore. Okay. You talk yeah, for a minute, sure. I'll look it up.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm not sure, but let's get into some other ones like Isaiah Likely, what if, just what if, they were to open up some cast space and deal Mark Andrews. And be like, hey, we'll go with likely. Likely's pretty much an even swap. We'll save some money. I mean, there's there's another option for teams, but um, like Dalton Schultz, do we think he's staying with Houston? I, I don't. don't think so. I don't think so. They they'll probably put their money into running back for a couple years. K. Otten, I mean, if you want something, like imagine K. Otten in Dallas's offense instead of Jake Ferguson you'd probably get the same numbers, right? Probably. Like, Kate yeah. Otten. I think Kate Otten might have a little more run after the catch than... And, and that's saying a lot than Jake Ferguson. Um, Like, we got Darren Waller on the back. If we're going Dynasty and uh, we go down down the road, I know they say Brock Bowers could fall to Indy, but a, a sneaky guy you could probably go out and get for a dirt cheap, maybe on the free agent wire, is Will Mallory, uh, the U. Doug, I know... Uh, he's an athletic guy, something you look yep. for. You you like him too.
1: He got he got some targets in his rookie year from Gardner Minshew. I think that that I, here's a here's a buy for me. When we talk about the Colts, it's Jelani Woods because of the size and athleticism. I think he's totally forgotten about in dynasty circles. That you know, he came out his rookie year, he flashed a little bit, and then he he didn't really play it all last year. And the Cowboys yeah, tight end I was thinking of is Blake Jarwin. Yes, Blake
0: Jarwin. Yes. Uh, yep. Another tight end, Doug. I know you were on him, and you've talked about him a couple times. But Davis Allen, there's been more. Yeah. Like even the footballers podcast said, like, "Hey, Davis Allen, you need to go out and get because Higby will probably be a pup candidate, and Davis Allen will probably be somebody who, who gets on the field the first eight weeks."
1: Yeah, Allen's not as athletic as Higby, but he's a solid player. He flashed, and when he got some starts towards the end of the season, he had that really nice game where I think he had like six for seventy and a touchdown, and looked really good breaking tackles and making guys miss. Um, and here's the thing, like the Rams aren't going to go and spend money on a free agent tight end. That's just not how they do it. I mean, Higby's a, a homegrown guy. Davis Allen has opportunity. And I was able to pick him up in a couple dynasty rosters as a, as a UDFA um, and just stash him on my taxi because like anytime I, I'm a bit of a tight end hoarder, you know, he went to a major program. He went to Clemson. He was fairly successful there. And his athleticism, he tested fairly well. So I'm like, you know what? I'll put him on my taxi. It's kind of like running backs. Like running backs, because opportunities come up. The So if you want to have like, oh, I'll pick up Julio McLaughlin. Maybe he'll become something. And now it looks like he could be a contributor in the league. Not like a every week starter. But he's earned a roster spot for me off my taxi. So guys like that's how, I, you know, in the past, I picked up Austin Eckler, Matt Breda. Guys that like they didn't get drafted in rookie drafts, but I was like, all oh, right, I like this player's profile and athleticism. So I'll, I'll give them a flyer. And sometimes they work out really Jalen Warren is another one. Um, that guys like that. I mean, this year it's going to be Dylan lob from UNH. Um, is one of the guys that like, he may not get what's drafted. His last in name. Lobby, lob, 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 L-A-U-B.
0: Like love. Lobe. Like this, like Lobe. the singer love.
1: <laughs> Lobe. I don't know guys like that. Or, uh, what's the other kid? The, um, schrader um he's another guy oh cody, yeah cody schrader is another guy that i think
0: i think he'll be, he'll be drafted he'll probably like get picked in rookie six draft seven we
1: have fifth rounds um but and he's if those, if those guys sneak through those are the kind of guys i want to add so I, i'm the same thing at tight end I, I i kind of bulk add them will mallory i have on a ton of taxis davis allen is another example you know Old turner on a bunch
0: it's literally because it's a onesie position like we're talking like uh, if you, if you think about it, running backs there's one on the field for each team, so you want the backups, you want to go down the depth chart. Tight end there's maybe two on the field at once, one depending on what offense you run, but there's one star and you want like Isaiah Likely, Isaiah everybody was pissed Isaiah Likely went to the Ravens, but now look at him now his values skyrocketing, and yeah. not and then quarterbacks another one where now all of a sudden quarterbacks people want the backups because in superflex if you don't see different starters in a year if you don't want if you don't have your backup like i have josh allen's backup in udpl because if he gets hurt i know people are gonna be like hey tyler needs a quarterback tyler's gonna give up anything for a quarterback you know what no because i got i got myself kyle allen i'm good <laughs> i
1: mean i as soon as i heard that joe flacco was visiting the browns i picked him up in leagues yeah and, and it worked out like it was great, but that doesn't always happen. But I was like, you know what? What's it, what does it hurt? Like, I'd yeah. rather have him than not have him. If he, if he ends up being a starter, that's just kind of how I'm at hundred um, percent.
0: I think, I think all backup quarterbacks should be on in yeah, in I dynasty.
1: Uh, you know, the one beautiful thing about the tight end position this year is that where we're seeing like, uh, you know, a lot of these young players increasing the amount of depth on these rosters is I see a lot of tight ends outside the top, from 24 below that I want pieces of. And I'm gonna throw out some names, Tyler, and you give me your opinions. So no, you this give is me two,
0: like- then I'm gonna give you two. All right. And gonna, then you I'm give gonna, me the rest.
1: I'm gonna go with these guys back to back because they're they're tight end 24 and tight end 25. The first one is Greg Dolchich, who is 23 years old. Everybody forgot about Greg Dolchich on the Denver Broncos. You know, we had a lost season in year two, but we saw him flash in year one. Now, he's not necessarily a Sean Payton guy, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, they traded Albert Okwebunum, um away, and we all thought, oh, it's Dolchich season. And then the tight end was pretty much a void for them last year. They didn't have anyone that contributed at the position, I felt, um, really at all um, from, fan- from a fantasy perspective. So Dolchich is a guy at tight end 24 that I really like a lot because his price is insanely cheap. Another athletic tight end. And we've seen that he can do some things in the league. The guy right after him was my tight end three in that class out of the University of Miami, a a virtual tight end factory, if you will, outside of Iowa. Uh, It's Brevin Jordan from the Houston Texans. Love the athleticism, although you know what? He didn't test all that well at the combine, and I think that hurt him in the NFL draft. He ends up getting drafted by the Texans, has a weird kind of career to start off with, and then gets dropped in Dynasty Leagues. And I picked him up in... All the leagues I had room for him because I really like Brevin Jordan, except,
0: one. except <laughs> one. and
1: then and then you see Brevin Jordan flash. He has that long touchdown in the playoff game for the Houston Texans. And um, Dalton Schultz is a free agent. Brevin Jordan is as well, I believe. And it's not going to cost nearly as much to get Brevin Jordan back on the team. But he is the type of tight end that reminds me of like a Gerald Everett, and that's okay. Yeah. Like if he's your tight end too, like Gerald, that's a win. You never never got for paid. Yeah, so I think Brevin Jordan could be – maybe his ceiling is Gerald Everett, and I'm okay with that because, you know what? I don't have anything invested in him. I picked him up for free in leagues. and um, So those are two guys back-to-back, tight end 24 and 25, Dolchich and Jordan.
0: All right, I already said a couple, but uh, Noah Gray is another one I still really like.
1: You know, he's still only 24.
0: Yeah. And he was. If you go back to his Duke tape, he was nothing special, but he was always there. He always found open pockets, and you are know, like, "Wow, that's kind of what Kelsey can do." Being behind Kelsey and learning from him, I think he is a free agent this year. I want to say it's his fourth year, maybe third, but I want to say he's up for contract. Um, I think he could be a guy that gets a spot and gets a chance, maybe as a tight end too, somewhere worth at the team that's needy. Um, but Doug. I know you've said it before. Noah Fant, I I still think there's something there. I, I think that if he goes to a team that needs tight end, that has an empty slot, he could be their tight end one and, and actually be something because he's I never the focal to, point.
1: I would love to see him go to the Patriots. Well,
0: how about Houston? He goes to I mean, Houston on yeah, a cheap I've, deal.
1: I've, I've seen that one too. I mean, that would obviously kind of – block my Brevin Jordan, but I'd rather have Jordan stay in Houston, but I get it. Um For me, if Fant were to go to the Patriots, because we know that the targets are going to be there because they lose Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki in free agency. They literally have nobody on the come up at the tight end position. So Noah Fant could go to the Patriots. They have money and they probably wouldn't have to pay him a ton. Yeah, And he goes there and he has the opportunity to be the guy. Um And I think that would be a perfect situation you know, they're gonna upgrade at quarterback no matter what they do. We know Mac's not gonna be the starter, at least we hope not. And um, you know, their their most talented receiver is Demario Douglas. They're probably gonna add someone through free agency or the draft, but man, I think Noah Fant landing there would be uh he could get a twenty percent target share in that offense uh for the Patriots. So I would love that. And he does a little bit of everything, which you know, Gerard Mayo's the coach now. He's he's from the Belichick coaching tree. So, I mean, I can draw some connections there. So, I, I would like Noah Fant to go there. Yeah, and people that's forget not a bad how fit. Good he is.
0: Yeah, he's, he's super athletic. He made a couple of plays last year where you're like, there he is. There's the guy.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. 100%. Um, I'll Um, give you one very similar to um, what you said, if he goes somewhere to be the starter. And this is a guy that, former Mackey Award winner, always been behind another tight end. He's been the starter a little bit here and there, and he's shown some flashes. He's one of these guys that's a complete tight end. Maybe he's not good enough to be super fantasy relevant, but he has the opportunity. It's Harrison Bryant. He's been with the Cleveland Browns. He's now a free agent. He's 25 years old. I could see him going somewhere, a team that's not looking to spend a ton. Maybe it's the Chargers. They go the Harrison Bryant route, and he goes there with Herbert, like because Gerald Everett, I believe, is a free agent. You know, Donald Parham's always there. Like forever, it seems like he's not a fantasy starter. He'll catch, you know, four or five touchdowns because he's massive in the end zone. But maybe a Harrison Bryant goes there and it's not going to take much to get him. But that's a guy, another guy that, like Brevin Jordan, was free in leagues that I was starting to add because I looked at the future and said, All right, he's a player that I've liked coming out of college. I've liked his NFL tape. I don't think he's been bad by any means. I think he's a complete tight end. Just been hurt. Yeah. And then, and then this might be his opportunity to really. You know, come in and be a starter because at the tight end position, it happens this way more than it does other positions, and that's something that I'm kind of banking on.
0: Yeah, um, Harbaugh is going to bring Jake Butt out of retirement.
1: Oh my God, there's a name I have not heard for a while—is Jake Butt. I was gonna say I might have lost Tyler's audio, but Jake Butt, yeah, Michigan tight. I know Michigan's got a stud tight end on their roster. I think he's eligible next year. I just don't remember his name. But uh, another. Another tight end that I, I am looking at. And, and you know, Hunter Henry. Remember when Hunter Henry was like a top five dynasty tight end? What if
0: he goes to the Chargers?
1: He goes back <laughs> to the Chargers. I still think Hunter Henry's good. I mean, he was the most reliable pass catcher for the Patriots last year. Two years removed from an eight touchdown season. I still think he's good enough to be a fantasy starter. Depending on where he lands.
0: His career and- has been f- interesting. Like with the Chargers, he was a run after a catch guy. He was like, everywhere athletic as could be he was everywhere and then goes to the Patriots and it's like you're a touchdown guy here you go and you forget like how athletic he is
1: yeah his year one with the pats was really good and then I mean then everything kind of went downhill after there well
0: everything everything did
1: yeah you're not wrong all right we uh
0: we we good with tight end
1: um, I do want to mention one other – actually, uh, no, I think I am good.
0: I'm All good. right. Um. Yeah. So next week, I do want to give people a heads up. Next week, we're going to have Leo Pasiga. Is that his last name? Pasiga, that is correct. Yep. Yes. We're going to have him on, and uh, we're going to go over trades and strategies because
1: – There's no one better to talk about. Yes, I mean,
0: he, he came up with the black book where you write down all the strategies of all the people in your league. You're and, pretty much scouting other managers. Yes, and, yeah. and I found that I wanted to invite him on because I actually had an incident this past week where I offered something that easily would have been accepted in any other league. Mm-hmm. But in a home league, it was different. And in a league where it was also contracts, it was different. Like, so for me, I, I like, letting people know like the difference of trading who you're trading with what you need to do what you need to prepare for each and every time before you even send the offer what you need to do so we're having leo on it's one of my bucket list interviews i have never had him on because he retired from the game before we could have him on and uh he's back he's he's writing now again i think for football guys so so yeah he's back and he is coming on next week and uh to talk trades
1: yeah, which would be great. I'm mean, actually in uh, in a league with Leo. It's an industry redraft league that we do with um, the FF engineer. Kevin O'Brien hosts that. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of fun guys. Pete Overzet's in that league. Pat Thorman. Um, Andrew Cooper's in that league. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like I'm probably the most amateur person in that whole group. And that's fine. Uh, I, I make the playoffs almost every year. So I'm doing something right. Um, but Leo's great. And uh, we hang out at SFB Boston uh, during the draft I hang out. His son comes with him and hangs out, which is awesome. So uh, Leo's a great dude, really easy to talk to. So I'm looking forward to that, too, uh, to have him on and and to share his knowledge, because I think he's one of the more um, tactical dynasty strategists out there when it comes not to players necessarily, but when it comes to knowing your competition and using the knowledge on the fringe and, and using it to your advantage, um, no one's mastered it like he has.
0: Yeah, he knows your weakness for trading, and he will attack it, and you yep. won't even know it. You all, all of a sudden you look at the trade and be like, Wait, how did he get him added in? <laughs> and you're yeah, like, what? What I do?
1: Yeah, he's like a he's like a ninja with that stuff, and and it, it's one of the more fascinating things that um you know he's brought to the space is is how he does that, and 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 you know I've I've been influenced by some of that. I know a lot of the managers in my leagues that have been in for a while. I know what they like, and I kind of. T- tend to cater to that, to get my way sometimes. Um, and and it's by listening to him and following him that, you know, applying some of those skills has really paid off. So he's going to be here next week to talk all about it. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So that is going to wrap us up for this week. Tyler, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah. I can't wait to talk to Leo next week. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, leave a review, leave a, you know, a nice rating on there would be great too. And if you watch us on YouTube or Facebook, Make sure you drop a like and subscribe on the YouTube is always helpful. Um, No sponsor shout outs this week because I don't have a show sheet. So when I'm not a show sheet, I'm like Ron Burgundy. Like you can put anything on there. Um, But when I don't have it, I'm terrible with ad drops. So we'll figure that out. Um, Maybe I'll take up the mantle on the show sheet going forward because James was our show sheet guy. So um, we'll figure that out. First podcast and the new setup. So uh, we'll get it popping and get it a a little tight like a tiger going forward.
0: Yeah, we don't want to be too tight. We we want it to be loosed up a little bit, because you know what? We just like kind of going off the cup and seeing seeing what comes out.
1: Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever.
0: No, so. and, and right. if you're a sponsor of ours, you know, you know, just go back and listen to last week's. Go back and listen to the we're wide not, receiver.
1: They're not following up on us. We're just a little. We're just a little dynasty podcast that's been around for a bit. We're not one of these big. We're not one of these big guys anymore. Like yeah. we're, you know, we're just kind of like hanging out and doing our thing.
0: Yeah, we're you know, all the all the big name people, you know, the footballers and stuff. They they took our jobs. They took our space. <laughs> you this was supposed cover. to be us. This was our space.
1: That's fine. They put a lot of work in i don't have the time or bandwidth oh i still listen to him so it's okay
0: i still listen to him so
1: yeah i mean i listen to some podcasts too but i get it all right for the dynasty happy hour this has been doug he's tyler you guys have a great time and we'll see you next week with our guest leo casiga have a good one enjoy the combine